Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we are having Spencer Draper, who is the Clinical Solutions Director at Evidion. So I met Spencer at HIMSS in Orlando a couple weeks ago, and we had a good conversation about what some of the things that Evidion's doing as far as distraction therapy, uh, video education, and how interactive TV can kind of help the patient experience. So we had a really great discussion. Look forward to, to working with them more in the future on a few different things. And without further ado, let's have Spencer on. Hi, Spencer. Thank you so much for being on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Hi, Jared. Thank you for having me. I, I'd love to kind of go into how you and I met. We met at Hims down in Orlando a couple weeks back uh, for the audience, they don't know. Um, I, I really would love you to go into your experience at Hims. I had a lot of fun. I met a lot of great people within the healthcare community, uh, did a lot of walking more than I usually uh, do. And uh, I would love to hear your perspective. I know you guys had a great booth, really drew me in when I first saw it. And we started talking with some people from your team and kind of build a relationship from there. Yeah, it was a great hymns for us. Um, a lot of walking, a lot of uh, foot sore people for sure. Um, the interesting thing I think this year about hymns was um, people were more educated about our space of interactive TV systems. I feel like so, you know, the people we talked to in our booth, we weren't necessarily introducing the idea of interactive TV. It was more of um, just educating them on the capabilities that were out there of our system um, and the things that you can really do with uh, Evideon and interactive TV inside of the hospital as well as in the outpatient areas. So it was a lot more um, directed conversations, a deeper conversations. Um, about how we can actually work within their space. So it was a good hymns because of that. It's similar to how I talk about educating patients. You know, we, had, we were able to have those deeper conversations instead of just giving information and educating on the space. What was, like, I guess some of the titles and roles that uh, of these people that were stopping by your booth and having these in-depth conversations with you? Yeah, we had a broad range of people. Um, we saw people that, um, I talked to some people that have a small hospice um, center that does, um, you know, end of care for, they have about 18 beds. Um, and it was their CEO and their CIO that stopped by and talked to me, you know, and ranged from there all the way to, you know, huge hospital systems that we were talking to. Um, we had a lot of technical people. You know, CTO types and um, ITIS departments, um, some engineers and things like that, but also a lot of um, medical side, a lot of um, chief nursing officers as well as, you know, CEOs and um, some upper management people as well. So we actually saw a range of people stopping by our booth, which again, I think um, HIMSS is starting to trend that way. You know, it's not just a technical conference anymore. I think uh, some of the clinical people are getting more involved in HIMSS um, and some of that upper management getting more involved in HIMSS instead of just sending their, you know, IT or IS departments. 
it was it was my first time going to him, so I mean I don't know what it's been like in past years, but I I can say I'm going to continuously go now every year because of just the networking opportunities and what you learn from these different booths and really see a lot of innovation happening, which is something at Slice of Healthcare we're really interested in learning about what's what's healthcare innovation looking like in different aspects of healthcare. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. It's out there <laughs> as far as innovation it, goes. It, what's amazing is some of these booths too. I mean, you guys had a great booth and then you, you see there's, there's definitely a lot of money poured into a lot of these booths. Um, but it, they were you know, very creative, many of them, um, very engaging, but it was a, it was a great experience. I look forward to, to next year. Uh, I think it's in the same place next year, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's in Orlando. Orlando again. Luckily yeah. in March. Yeah, over... that'll be a little bit better. Um, <laughs> instead of over Valentine's Day. Oh, it is over Valentine's Day, is it? It was. This year it was over Valentine's Day, so next year I think oh, it's right. in March. Ah, that'll be better. Maybe a little warmer, too. It's kind of cold down there this year. Yeah. Um, but before we go into to too much detail on some of the topics you wanted to discuss here today, I'd love for you to give the audience a quick kind of overview of your background and then a quick overview of Ividion. Certainly. So I started out, interestingly enough, um, I was never really interested in healthcare. Um, I'm into the military right out of high school. And I was a parachute rigger of all. Um, but I learned very quickly that when we were out in the field, the medics had air conditioning in their tents. Um, so I would go hang out with the medics and play cards in their air conditioned tents. And so that's kind of how I got introduced into the medical field. It's kind of an interesting way to get introduced to it. But um, from there, you know, just started learning, became a combat medic, things like that. Um, and so that's basically the equivalent of a paramedic in the civilian world. Um, and really liked it, you know, liked caring for people, kind of liked the, uh, you know, go-to person when somebody was hurt or um, down and needed help and being able to really help that person. And so after um, the military, I went into nursing school. I went to Utah Valley University um, in Orem, Utah. Uh, and then from there, we actually uh, moved to Texas. And so I started working at a small um, nonprofit hospital in New Braunfels, Texas, started in the telemetry floor. Um, and after a year or two, um, worked my way up and started working in the cath lab, um, and then started taking on some administrative roles from there. Um, started running some committees, medication error committees, and then got into nurse informatics from there. Um, I have an extensive experience. I kind of moved around a lot, <clears throat> went to some outpatient surgery center and worked there, um, both pre-op and PACU, but also started circulating in the OR um, from my experience circulating in the cath lab. And then from there, I started working from, for an eye surgeon and actually worked on uh, patient education, educating patients about um, refractive surgery, but also cataract surgery and some of the possibilities for um, multifocal lenses and things like that with cataract surgery. And then I started working for an insurance company, a vision insurance company, um, building networks of optometrists to work with ophthalmologists, uh, and then ran a few optometry clinics. Um, but then I worked for a company called um, 
versus technology, which is actually Midmark now um, with RTLS. And then I met Evidion at Hims of all places. Um, I was uh, doing some demonstrations for Versus, and they saw me, and we kind of connected, and um, really liked, you know, their philosophy, especially with uh, taking care of their customers um, and how they treated their customers. And so we started talking, and now here I am working <laughs> with them, and really love working with them. So it's kind of an interesting path that I've taken to get to where I'm at. But you know, it's kind of cool about nursing is you can do so many different things. Um, if you don't like what you're doing you know, look around and see what else is out there. There's lots of things you can do in the nursing field. If you had to nail down one aspect of your job you love most, what would you say that is? That's difficult. <clears throat> there's probably... I'm putting you on the spot here, but I mean, maybe, and there's no wrong two. answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe two. So one is the customer service. I know... It's kind of weird, but I think of my um, customers that I work with are kind of like my patients, you know. I really enjoy um, getting to know my patients, taking care of my patients, and really being able to help them through a difficult time. I kind of look at the customers <clears throat> that I have now and that I work with with Evidion um, the same way. So I really enjoy that aspect, you know, getting to know people, being able to help them, um, help them solve some of their problems that they're having. Um, and taking care of their patients and giving a good experience to their patients. And the other side of it is just the innovative side, you know, being able to come up with um, creative solutions to problems, which is one thing that I think we do really well, um, be able to come up with solutions specific to our customers' needs. What would your advice be to someone that is in nursing or some other aspect of healthcare, and they want to get into a similar role that you're in. How do they make that switch? So it's hard for me to say because it kind of just happened for me organically. But <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know, you got to put your head down. You got to get the experience. You know, work on those units work on those floors, you know, work on the med surge floor, on the telemetry floor in the ICU and get your experience, you know, as much as you can. And really, um, I guess, pick your head up and look around and see what else is available around you. You know, I was always looking for, you know, what else is there to do? I, I guess I'm a little uh, free spirited, if you will, about, uh, I wanna go try new things. And um, at least I was when I was younger. You know, and see what else is out there. So really just, you know, instead of getting bogged down and, you know, we talk about burnout and nurse burnout a lot. And, you know, if you work on a med surge floor for a long time, you're going to face that. But one of the things to do is just, you know, pick your head up and look around and see what else is available in your hospital. Um, you talk to people, talk to people around you and see what they're doing and what other opportunities are out there. I mean, most hospitals have a website you can go to and see what jobs are posted. If something sounds fun, go for it. Yeah, I, I think you make a lot of good points there. It's it's really about you know, keeping your head uh, on a swivel, being able to look at these opportunities as they arise. Um, because like you said, sometimes you can uh, you can have a situation like you had where there there might not be like some direct path that we can actually like point to. Whereas it's it's more about I think a little bit of networking, making those right connections, learning different aspects of healthcare that will help 
in many different roles, not just in a clinical setting. Yeah, and don't be afraid. You know, if there's an opportunity and you don't know how to do it, take the opportunity and learn how to do it. So, you know, don't be afraid to jump on something just because you've never done it before. If an opportunity arises, go for Absolutely. it. Got to get uncomfortable, right? That's when you can learn the most and that's when true you know, new opportunities <laughs> arise. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. I would love for you, Spencer, to go into another quick overview of Avidion, and then we can dive into some of these topics that, that you wanted to discuss here today that, that we kind of laid out. Yeah, absolutely. So Avidion is, a, you know, an interesting company. Um, like I said, we're very innovative, and so we like to, um, what I call, work in other people's sandboxes instead of making them come and play in ours. Um, so we have a lot of features um, around Avidion that we've put together and a lot of functionality that we've put together. But, you know, it all started centralized on the TV in the patient room. So taking that TV in the patient's room and one, making it reliable so you don't have fuzzy TVs and, and things like that by using um, IPTV, so Internet Protocol TV. Um, but then also making it more powerful. You know, you have a captive audience with the patient and their TV. So, you know, let's start using it for education and use it for feedback from the patient, um, as well as, you know, meal ordering or um, service requests. I mean, there's a lot that you can do through the TV and really integrate with your EMR, your EHR, um, and get a lot of information to the patient on the TV um, and really be able to communicate with them. And Evidion, you know, kind of captures that on the TV. Um, we have a nice slick interface that's very easy to um, navigate for the patient and be able to really find out the information um, that they need to, whether that be, you know, who is my care team or whether it's a schedule of, you know, who's going to come see me today or what appointments do I have if we're working with like a rehab hospital um, to actually putting education out there, you know, for the patient and being able to educate that patient and, and really better educate that patient because it allows them to receive information from the TV, but that allows the nurse to then have a deeper discussion with those patients about, you know, what they learned and, and what they're worried about when they go home. Um, recently, we've also started working um, more in the outpatient space whether that's in waiting rooms and um, we have a digital signage feature or actually in the clinic room. Um, we do have a clinic in New York that we work with um, actually in the patient's you know, exam room. I'm putting education out there, but also information out there for the patient while they're waiting to be seen by the um, provider. Yeah, last time I spoke with uh, Andrew Williams on your marketing team, he was mentioning that you guys were really starting to dive into the outpatient setting, which I thought was excellent. Definitely a great use case for, for what, you know, your core offering centers around. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, that um, one of the things I learned working for um, versus now Midmark is alone time is kind of the enemy of the patient experience and outpatient. So, you know, you have that time where you're sitting in an exam room and if anybody's ever been to a doctor's appointment, they know that time you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, kind of staring at the wall. 
there's not a whole lot to do. You're usually in a gown on an uncomfortable bed. So, you know, let's take advantage of that alone time. Let's turn it into a learning opportunity um, for that patient or even, you know, allow them to have some relaxation or something rather than just staring at the wall, you know, counting the ticks of the clock until the provider can come in and see them. Absolutely. I mean, I haven't been involved in any major medical procedures or anything like that, but I do remember, you know, the few times that I am in a hospital setting and I'm sitting and I'm waiting or I'm, I'm in my bed. It's, it's almost very like nerve wracking to, cause it's not, usually you don't have your phone in many cases too, that you can go and look on. Like you're kind of devices are away. There's either, like you said, twiddling your thumbs or just looking at the wall. And I, I think some anxiety begins to build up in all of us at that point, in many situations, depending on what the procedure is coming up and, and what's going on. But I mean, that's why you're offering. It, it just, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. Anxiety and anger. And then you're, you know, the patient's more shut off when that provider does come into the room and they're already a little irritated from sitting there. So you know, that keeps them from having a nice, honest, open discussion with their um, provider, which is very important to have. I, I think this this point in the conversation is a good uh, transition point to one of the first topics that you wanted to discuss, and that's video education and the deeper discussion with patients. Yeah, so I kind of touched on that when I was talking about the features, but, you know, I go out and do education with nurses, you know, that are going to be using our system. And one of the things that I really talk to them about is, look, we, we're going to change the way you do education um, now that you're using the Ubidion system. You know, the best times that I can think of when I was working on the telemetry floor was the times that I could sit down with my patient and have a real honest discussion about, you know, what they were going through and what they were worried about when they went home and um, you know, really help them with their concerns or help them, you know, not necessarily educate them about their disease or their disease process, but really talk to them about how is this going to change your life and what are some things that you can do to, you know, help improve your health. Um, and video education really allows them to do that. There's a couple things with video education. One, a lot of people are verbal or audio learners as well as visual learners, and video education allows um, then to learn that way. You know, usually we're handing out packets of information and kind of reading over that with the patient. I call it regurgitating information. And that's not really an effective way to teach. Um, a lot of times those packets end up, you know, in the trash can or on the counter and, and maybe you try to read over it when you get home, but it's not really an effective way to really get deeper into the patient's life and, and understand what they're facing and really help them through that process. So what I always talk to nurses about is, look, you know, go in there and turn on a video for the patient, have them watch that, and then come back, you know, when you're doing your hourly rounding and do a two-minute sit-down with the patient and sit down and say, you know, you watch these videos, what concerns do you have? What questions do you have? You know, what do you see yourself facing when you go home? And, you know, is there things that we can help you with um, to be better prepared when you go home? And, you know, to, really the real goal is to get them home but also to keep them there, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. Hospitals, you know, 
make money by having patients, but our biggest goal is to not have patients come back. So um, really that deeper discussion that you can have with your patients about what they're really facing and a true honest discussion with the patients that are just regurgitating information. Yeah, and I think sometimes patients are readmitted because there was a long round thing that had to do with their so, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of times they're readmitted because they don't understand um, non-compliance. You know, if somebody's not compliant with their medications, they're not understanding the importance of those. I mean, there's other reasons too. You know, if they can't afford the medication or if they're worried about some of the side effects or things like that. And that's what I'm talking about in that deeper discussion. Let's, you know, find out what they're really worried about and get them the resources they need um, to better take care of themselves after the hospital. It's very interesting. This was this was something before you and I touched base at Hims about these topics. I heard about it, but I was never fully aware of it. And then we started chatting and it just made complete sense right after that, right? And that's why I was like, we, we need to have a video on, on the podcast. We need to have Spencer on the podcast to discuss uh, more about the company and exactly what they're doing. And perhaps the, the number one topic that I was really excited about based on kind of a, a few sentences uh, that you gave me on it when we met was distraction therapy. Yeah, distraction therapy, and I'm in the process of actually writing a paper. Hopefully it'll be published here shortly on it. Um, you know, we don't realize the power of TV, I guess, and movies and relaxation content. If you think about it nowadays, everybody kind of has distraction therapy in their phone um, or some device. We're a very, um, I don't know that it's very correct to say, but we're a very distracted population, it seems right now, um, with so many things. But in the hospital room, it's uh, really important to not let the patient just sit there, like you said, and stare at the wall or even watch you know, crappy TV that only irritates them further, but to allow them to be distracted. One of the um, CNOs that we work with made a comment when we first did a demo for them of, um, you know, when she flies on a plane now, it may be a four-hour flight. A four-hour flight used to be miserable. You know, you could read a book or try to take a nap, but you're really just sitting there thinking about how miserable you are. Um, now they have, you know, TV screens in the back of the headrests and maybe that's how they can get away with having so little leg room and cramping, you know, cramming so many people into a plane is they allow some distraction therapy on the planes, but the hospital room's very similar. You know, you have a patient lying in bed and there's a lot of studies out there about this. Um, even the reduction in pain medication usage um, for patients post-op pain um, because they're not thinking about just laying in the bed and how much their you know, surgery site hurts, but they're thinking about the movie that they're watching on the TV or even um, patients that are intubated uh, and having relaxation content playing for them. And relaxation content could be, you know, just classical music with some imagery. And these patients, you know, are sedated, so they're not even conscious, but even having that background music of some sort or even um, what we call sights and sounds, which is just, you know, sounds of nature or things like that can actually 
um, reduce the need for sedation. So they're using less sedation, losing, using less pain medications for these patients and really using some alternative ways to uh, distract that patient from their pain um, and helping them be more comfortable. It all goes back to what is your mind concentrating on? You know, if I can distract you, um, there's videos out there about, you know, physicians distracting children before they give them their shots and things like that. And, you know, it's a very effective way to help your patient um, not only not feel the pain that they're going through, but also kind of give them some relief from that anxiety for, for a little while um, and really allow them to be in a comfortable environment and um, be able to, you know, do what they're there to do is get better and heal instead of stress and worry about everything that's going on around them. Look forward to that that paper. When when did you say you were thinking that might be released? Um, so we're just editing it right now. Um, so it's written. Um, Andy's helping me go through the editing process, but it should be here in the next month or so. I'm hoping that we'll be able to re release that. And you also are are planning on having a podcast come out as well, right? Yeah, as well. Um, Evidian's going to start doing some podcasts. Um, our plan is to talk to, you know, industry leaders, some of our customers, you know, how they're using interactive TV, not necessarily even Evideon, but just in general, how are you, you know, using the tools that you've been given, you know, whether that's interactive TV or something else um, to really, you know, elevate that patient experience to better engage your patients. You know, we're all about, let's help people take better care of their patients, whether that's tools that we have or other tools that are out there. Um, so we're excited to start doing that podcast and be able to, you know, just get information out there, you know, knowledge is power, as they say. So it's really nice to hear from, you know, people that are in your same industry and going through the same things you are and how are they solving their problems? Absolutely. Yeah. Podcasting is, I mean, this is, we're getting into the, the thirties for our, our podcast right now. And it's really interesting because it, it's essentially like real estate, right? Like once you put it up on, on these, on like iTunes and different podcast channels, it's up there for good. And it's just yeah. a continuous way for prospective customers and current customers and people just interested in the industry to really kind of put, associate a voice to exactly what's going on with, with your business and a lot of the key topics that you want to discuss. And sometimes it's a lot better in many cases than even a written piece of work because people can listen to it on their car ride to work or just when they have a couple minutes. So I really like it. And I think, I think it's going to do great for, for your team, especially given some of the topics that we've discussed that you guys will be diving into. Look forward to it. I'll yeah. be listening. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Podcast is a great form. I listen to a podcast, uh, Bobby Bones. He's a morning show, but you know, he says, podcasting is going to take over as the you know media that people listen to it won't be radio and things like that anymore it'll be all the podcasts are out there and i think we're seeing that transition now so it's great absolutely i mean you can fast forward it's it's i kind of relate it to you know you, you see like a lot of cable cutting right now right that people are going with the netflixes mm -hmm. the amazon primes and hulus and that was a big transformation and then because people can kind of, it's on your time, you know, watch when you yeah. want to watch. 
And now I think it's listen when you want to listen. So yep. feel bad for the radio yeah. industry. <laughs> um, well, and that's exactly what we're doing with education in the patient room. You know, where instead of you have to listen to a channel on education and wait for your, you know, education you're interested in to come on, you it's all on demand and you watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it. So, yeah, I think that's the where everything's going is on demand type stuff. Well, Spencer, where can people learn more about you and Evideon moving forward? Um, yeah, so our website is evideon.com. Um, very simple to remember. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there. Um, they can always find information on our website, or they can even reach out to me, um, spencer.draper at evideon.com, and I'll gladly have a conversation with them. Like I said, one of my favorite things is you know talking to potential customers or customers and really coming up with solutions um, to their problems and trying to figure out how can we come play in their sandbox, you know, come work in their workflows um, and really help them with the issues that they're having. Um, so yeah, uh, they're welcome to reach out to me and I can get them in touch with the right people or go on our website and there's a lot of information available there as well.